Hello, and thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Gary Ellard here at Grace Bible Fellowship in Front Royal, Virginia. Despite all the self-help books and motivation to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, we can never find real hope, peace, and freedom apart from God. He is not just our helper. He is our life. Here's Pastor Gary to explain. The uh, subject this morning is overcoming self, the hopeless struggle. I don't know what goes through your mind when you think of overcoming self. Um, Is it denying yourself? Is it sacrificing the pleasures of this world? Maybe that's what you're thinking about. Is it overcoming the very thing that you may be struggling with this morning? Overcoming self. I think we've all tried it. I certainly have. But it seems like it is an endless struggle. How many of you have tried overcoming self by self-effort? That's a hopeless struggle. I remember when I was discharged from the Marine Corps and was so confused, didn't know what to do or didn't know where to go or anything. And I... uh, started reading self-help books. How to be positive, you can do it, just say no. I mean, there's thousands of books out there that tell you to grab yourself by the bootstraps and, and you can do whatever you set your mind to. Then I became a Christian and then I found a revealing fact And that fact is that we are not designed to function independent from God. We're just not designed that way. We can try it, and most of us have, but we were never designed to do that. Because here's what happens. You'll never find completeness, you'll never find freedom, and you'll never find peace apart from God. Now, you can find some of those things, but you can't find them all together apart from God. Here's what happens. We end up focusing on ourselves. And uh, we spend the rest of our lives trying to be somebody that we aren't. And through the years that I've noticed in the Christian world, that Christians are trying to be somebody that they really are not. In Matthew 16, 24, the Bible says, when Jesus said to, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Then the Bible says, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, when the other 
unbeliever, when the unbeliever hears this or even sees it, he says to himself, no, thank you. Now, I don't want to go through that. The believer says, after he has lived his Christian life for a short time, he says, you know, I didn't think it was going to come to this. I thought it would be better. I thought that life would be much easier. But maybe, just maybe, if I deny myself, maybe I can overcome some of my problems and life would be easier. When we choose, and most of us here, those of you that have grown up as Christians, it's sort of different, but most of us who were converted later in life, we came to the place where we put our faith in Christ because we already have come to the realization that life in this world doesn't fulfill anything. And here in Matthew, when the, when the Bible says that we are to deny ourselves, and here Matthew is talking about a salvation experience. If we are to take up our cross and follow Jesus, where did Jesus go with his cross? He went to Calvary. Why? To die. Jesus is telling us that if we want to follow him, we have to follow him into death. In other words, we'll lose our current life and find a new one. And that is what happens at salvation. In Galatians 2.20, the Bible says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. You read the book of Romans and you find out that we are to follow Jesus in the death, in the burial, and in his resurrection. And also there's a warning in Romans that if you reject the gospel message, then we remain dead in our sins and we lose everything. The Bible says we forfeit our soul. So overcoming self. The hopeless struggle. Adam thought that he could do it. In fact, he thought he could be like God. In Genesis 3, 5, the Bible says, For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan had seduced Adam into believing that he could be like God. In the New Age movement, that has been their desire. They've been promoting that idea that we could be like God from its very beginning. The Bible tells us that Adam ate of the forbidden fruit and would thought anyway that it was supposed to unlock his whole mindset and his potential to be like God. And the Bible says that he died spiritually, not physically, but he died spiritually. And every single individual who has been born on the face of this earth 
as born with a propensity towards evil. We are born in Adam, and we are dead in our sins. In fact, Ephesians 1 says, excuse me, Ephesians 2, 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Being spiritually separated from God, man can only attempt to find meaning and purpose in life through his or her physical existence. I mean, you look at a baby, and the baby cries whenever he needs anything, whether it's food or change, a diaper or anything. And a baby soon becomes their own little God. And as we grow, life is characterized on how we look. Pride comes, self-exaltation comes, and let's face it, most of us, we, uh, we feed off of compliments, self-exaltation. But we soon find that nothing really works. We were not designed to be independent from God. When the Bible says deny yourself, this is, a, this is not the same as self-denial. Every student, every athlete, every cult member practices self-denial. And what is the ultimate purpose of self-denial? It is self-promotion. When Jesus was talking about denying yourself, he was referring to this battle of life, about choosing who you're going to serve. That is our struggle, whether God is indeed in your life. When you deny yourself, you are inviting God to take control of you. That's when the Bible says that Christ lives in you, he, his only desire is for to live his life through you, in you and through you. His expression is for, for him to be seen through you in your own personality and who you are. Now, if you have this idea that you need to deny yourself and uh, you're inviting, you're inviting God to control your life. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, the Old Covenant, it was, God, be my helper. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, it is, God, be my life. And there is a huge difference, a huge difference of God being your helper than God being your life. If you have the idea that, the, that it's God's desire for you to do the right thing, to have concern for others, to obey his laws, to reflect his life, you are still living in the Old Testament. Still. God's purpose for you is to be an extension of his life. That's his purpose. That's the New Testament. The Bible says in John 15, 4, 
Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Here's where your faith and your belief becomes a reality. The essence of the Christian life believes in what we already have, what is already true about you. And I'll say it again. The essence of the Christian life believes what is already true about you. You have a choice. Satan, he says to you that you're not worthy. He says you're just not worthy because look at the way you think sometimes. Look at those thoughts that go through your mind. He says you're not worthy. He says you are unacceptable. You are a fake. You are a phony. He says that you are nothing but a sin-sick person. That's what Satan says to us through this mind of ours. And if we buy into his lie, and it is a lie, if we buy into that lie, you will live a defeated, fruitless life. Now, for over 20 years as an evangelist, I've talked with thousands of people. I've talked to wonderful Christians who accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior that are living fruitless, defeated lives simply because they do not believe what is true about them. They have bought into Satan's lie that you are nobody, that you are unworthy because there's something wrong with you. And the Bible says there is nothing wrong with you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. Being a Christian is not a matter of getting something, getting forgiveness, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, getting to go to heaven, having a reserved place already in heaven, and I'm thankful for it. Receiving the Holy Spirit, I'm thankful for it. But it's really a matter of being someone that really counts. The Bible says that you are a child of God. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So the Bible says it is your right. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, it is your right to proclaim that you are a child of God. Now, do you believe it? The Bible says that you are chosen. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. The Bible says that you are chosen by Christ. He, he, you did not choose him. 
he came and he knocked on the door of your heart. And when he did, you responded. And when you responded, the Bible says that God predestined us to be saved. He predestined the Jews to hear the gospel. He predestined the Gentiles to be saved. And when you said yes to Christ, he chose you to be his forever, forever. And then the Bible says in Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. You are. You are the salt of the earth. You are as precious to God as anyone that has ever lived. The Bible says that you are a member of the body in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. You may fellowship week by week here at Grace Bible, but you are a permanent member of the body of Christ. A permanent member. And then the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. So the Bible says that you are brand new. You are a new you. You are a new creation in Christ. You are as righteous and holy as you will ever be right now at this moment. That's what the Bible says. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Now, we don't feel that we're blameless and holy. We sometimes we don't think we are because of the thoughts that go through our mind. But whether or not you're going to believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says that you are a child of God. You were chosen by him and that you are holy and blameless. Now, that throws a lot of Christian people. They say, well, that may be what the Bible says, but that's not who I am. Yes, that is who you are. You're exactly what the Bible says. At your deepest core, that's who you are. If you listen to what goes on up here, you'll always be confused. When you listen to what the Bible says you are down here, then you'll, you'll soon see the light. And when you see the light, you're going to fall in love with God all over again. God is an awesome God. The way he has prepared and planned for you is, is totally awesome. You are righteous. The Bible says that you are hidden with God. Hidden with God. In Colossians 3.3. 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's why he can promise he will never leave us nor forsake us. He has hidden us with God. We are safe and secure. Nothing can take us out. Nothing can. The Bible says that you are a saint. Paul, the apostle of Christ, Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus. He says to the saints that are Corinthians. Every born again believer is a saint. He's not a sinner. He's a saint who occasionally sins. 
And that's why the Bible says that he will not hold our sins against us. Because we are saints who occasionally listen to our flesh. Occasionally we listen to that sin that dwells within us. But that's not us. It's sin that dwells within us. We at our deepest core are everything that God says that we are. Once you receive Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. You are exactly what the Bible says you are. What you receive as a Christian isn't the point. It's wonderful all the things that we receive, but that's not, that's not the real issue. The real issue is who you are. It's not what you do as a Christian that determines who you are. Now, can we believe that? Is that too far out? We are not. We are not Christians determined by what we do. It's who we are, who we believe that we are, that determines what you do. If you believe that you're a child of God, you will act like a child of God. Not all the time. Not all the time. I'm not saying that. Because you'll listen to the flesh. You'll listen to the power of a sin. When this world comes at us, it throws us. I was talking to an individual this morning who stopped by the church. And I says, when this world comes at us, it throws us. I says, but it doesn't define who you are. It just means that you've been hit by the world. We get hit by the power of sin. We get hit by all these thoughts that go through our heads. You must see yourself as a child of God before you can live as a child of God. In, in Colossians 1.27, the Bible says, To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm the first one to admit that it's a mystery. Christ living in you, that's a mystery. But it's a fact. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Christ came and dwelled within you, and he filled you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Now, I know that in the Christian church today, there is this die-to-self theology. I hear it all the time. It comes from, it originates in 1 Corinthians. So let's look at it in 1 Corinthians 15, 13, or 30 to 32. Why are we also in danger every hour? This is Paul is speaking. I affirm, brethren, by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If from human motives I fought with wild beasts at, at, at Ephesus, what does it profit for me if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Now, somehow, Christians have taken out of this text, I die daily. And so somehow, they feel that 
they have to get up every day and they have to die to self. I'm going to show you this morning that that's not true. That's not true at all. It is a lie and it's been damaging the Christian church for centuries. I die daily. It has nothing to do with needing to die spiritually. Paul is simply referring to what he encounters in his ministry. The wild dogs at Ephesus being stoned. I mean, Paul went through more than any other man that I know of in the Bible, except for Jesus Christ himself. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beaten, stoned. Wild dogs attacked him. And Paul is simply saying here that he dies daily. He dies for his life. His life is at stake every day. It has nothing to do with dying spiritually every day. In Romans 6, 6, the Bible says this. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal, self, personal Savior, your old self was crucified. So you have a new self. Now, the, body, the Bible says here, in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. As born-again Christians, we are not slaves to sin. We sin, but we are not slaves to sin. We don't practice sin. We don't get up in the morning and say, I wonder how much sin I can do today. No, we don't do that. That's, the, that's not at our core. At our core, we are everything God says that we are. We are holy, just, and good. We desire to do the things that God desires us to do. We don't always follow through, but that's the truth. We desire what God wants us to desire. So it has nothing to do, this I die daily business has nothing to do with it. Our old self was crucified, and then the Bible says in Colossians 2.12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. The Bible says too in, in Colossians 3.10, and having put on the new self. Now, this idea of dying to self, no. The Bible says here, and put and have put on the new self who's being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. When we get a true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us and what he is doing in us and through us, we fall in love with God all over again. It's easy to love a God who loves us so much. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. We need to get the picture, the right picture of God and how much that he cares for us and how much he loves us. The Bible says in Romans 6, 4, therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death 
so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. You and I are walking in newness of life. It may not feel new to you right now, but it is. We're walking in newness of life. We don't go by what we feel. Sometimes our emotions are all over the place. But what God says is what determines how we live and how we act. We are the new self. We still choose to entertain worldly thoughts. And at times we listen to the power of sin. And at times the world comes at us and our flesh surfaces. And we're still plagued by the accuser of the brethren. Satan always accuses us of things that are not true. When he says to us, you're no good, that means you're good. When, when the Satan comes and tells you that you're just a big problem, that means you don't have a problem. You're safe in Christ. When the devil says that you're worthless, no, the Bible says that you are worth everything to God. You are valuable to God. Here's the truth. <clears throat> this die to self is not found in the Bible. Denying yourself is. And take up your cross is found in the Bible. It is referring that when we died at salvation... That's what we have to get clear in our mind. What was done before the cross, what was done after the cross, it makes all the difference in the world. How we view humanity before the cross is different than how we view humanity after the cross. Overcoming self is simply believing what is true about you. It's just believing it, embracing it. And if you brace it, I'll guarantee you that your life will take on a different meaning. You'll be happier in Christ than you've ever been in your life. We need to embrace what he says. He says to us that you are an accepted child of God. He says that you are complete in Christ. He says that you have been forgiven forever, forever. All of your sins have been forgotten. None of them will come up at the judgment. In fact, you won't come up at the judgment. You've already been judged. Already been judged. You've been redeemed. God has promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Christ lives in you. You are a partaker of the divine nature of Christ. You are a partaker of that. Now, the only thing left for us is learning and growing in God's grace. And that's what we're doing every day of our life. We're learning more and more about how wonderful God is. In 2 Peter, the Bible says this, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. In Romans 12, 2, he says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've heard me many times say, your renewing of your mind comes from going over who God says you are. When you review that, and whenever you get down, I told this individual this morning, I said, whenever you get to that place that you were in, I said, if you just renew your mind, just go over what God says is true about you, that he has forgiven you. He's taken your sins and he's scattered them as far as the east is from the west. He'll remember them no more. He's given you a new heart, a new human spirit. He's filled you with the Holy Spirit. He's done it all for you. It's all been done. It's already done. It's all he wants you to do is to embrace the truth of it. If you embrace the truth of it and not listen to all this stuff that goes through your your mind. Always check. I always say go down 12 inches. And that's who you really are at your core. Everything God says that you are. You have an inheritance, the Bible says, that is imperishable, undefiled, the Bible says. You have it already. You have it. It is your inheritance. It is your eternal life. By his divine power, the Bible says, he has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything. We have it all. We have it all. I hope you see it. God is simply an amazing God. Once we embrace that truth and believe who God says that we are, we take on a whole different meaning in life. You have everything brand new. You are the new self. Don't listen to this idea that you need to die to self. You're a new self. You don't want to die to that new self. That new self has Christ living in you, filling you with the Holy Spirit. Here's a text. Somehow, I don't know how, it's gotten lost, but it seems like it has. But boy, if you embrace this text, it says this. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, now let's put it in its context, because as Jesus Christ is, so also are we in this world. When you have Christ in you, this text means everything. Because as he is, as Jesus Christ is, so also are we in this world. We are united with Christ we are fused with Christ. We, the Bible says that Christ and you are one in spirit. One in spirit. 
We are not an an obstacle to God. We are not an obstacle at all. We are his instruments. We are in perfect union with Jesus Christ every day of our life. And it's true, sometimes we wake up and our emotions are all over. We wake up and we get confused and we get frustrated. Things don't always go right. And we want them to go right, but they don't. And yet we're fused with Christ. And so down here at our deepest core, we think to ourselves, you know, right now, life seems pretty miserable. But I have Christ living in me, and he's going to go through this with me. He's going to take me through this. I'm safe. I'm secure. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He's with me to the very end. And now he simply wants to live his life in me and through me. Our prayer should be in the morning, Lord, live your life through me. I give you permission. You can live your life through me and everyone who I speak to, every person that I come in contact with. And if I don't come in contact with anybody, that's fine too. Just live your life in me and through me. And I will rejoice in the Lord always, the Bible says, always. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you that we do not have to deny ourselves. that we, we love who we are because you are in us. And Lord, we, we just thank you for that. We thank you for the security that you have given to us on just how much you love us. And we love you because of that. We love you because you first loved us. We thank you for the revelation that you have given us through your word. That we are all right. That we're okay. And you've made us that way. I pray now that you will be with us throughout this day. And through every day of our life. For we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Grace Bible Fellowship in Front Royal, Virginia. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.gracebiblefellowshipchurch.org.